Welcome to GalacticConnection.com, one of the most popular blogs on the World Wide Web today for alternative news. Stay tuned for the latest information on our world shift from enslavement to galactic involvement, as well as current intel on any blockages impeding us from our sovereign birthright. Knowledge and self-mastery are key at this time. Our commitment is to present you with the latest breaking conspiratorial articles, off-world messages, exopolitics, cutting-edge technologies and sciences, and also an ever-significant intertwining of spiritual support and metaphysical scope that one needs to dive down the rabbit hole in search for truth with balance. We are truly on the horizon of a new golden age filled with the promise for more love, worldwide peace, and accelerated intuitive skills, where every living being can exist in cohesion and abundance. It is whatever we envision and dream this new world to be. I say to you now, let's redefine the new world to the beginnings of our own precious heaven on earth. Galactic Connection is here to provide the pulse of Mother Earth through an eclectic range of interviews each Tuesday afternoon from 3 to 4.55 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Station 2 on BBS Radio, expanding your perspectives on how we can once and for all take back our freedoms, our joy, and our connection with our mighty I Am Presence. Our intention remains true to connect hearts and minds everywhere in order to obtain global unity and galactic and universal acceptance. Our discussions will continue to cover anything to do with galactic society and our involvement with our galactic brothers and sisters. Our guests are experts in their fields and our radio shows have been coined as some of the most thought-provoking out there. In addition to our daily blog, which runs 365 days a year, we also offer a realm of healing services such as our world-renowned implant removal processes, our spiritual past life clearings, our galactic violet ray alchemy, from Alexandra who shares in the lineage of Merlin, and other cutting-edge healing technologies. Check our site out at galacticconnection.com now. Sending you a wave of light, love, and inspiration, and a personal hug and thank you for listening to our Galactic Connection radio show and visiting our blog today. Good morning, everyone. This is Alexandra Mutters of GalacticConnection.com. And today is August 20th, 2017. I'm talking a little bit quietly because it's about 6.45 in the morning. And I was awakened very early this morning. I was going to try to get this message out last night. And because of a little seminar that Tolik and Adana threw, and I threw yesterday. I'm a little behind. So I got awakened very early in the morning. Uh, this is a very urgent message. I really ask that you would send this far and wide. And it's actually excellent news and uh, very timely because of everything that's been going on. So this is the updated and final Prime Creator message. And I'm going to go ahead and read it to you right now. So, are you ready? I am contacting you today with my final message to my children of Earth. It's dated August 19th, 2017. To Alexandra, first I want to say I have never allowed anyone to channel me. 
nor have I relayed any of these direct messages from me to you other than through Alexandra. I designated her to be the receiver of my messages to give to my children. All others are impersonators of your game with the purpose to deceive you into keeping the game going. Now I am providing my final message to my children of this world. It is time to bring you home after thousands of millennia. One of my children has found her way out of this maze within the simulator of a virtual reality of which you all participated in. Your thoughts, both individually and collectively, created your reality. When you finally comprehend this message, you may feel upset, speechless, finding no words to describe how this makes you feel, that you are literally within a destructive computer game that you all created. Your reality started in a classroom where a group of children thought it would be great to play a game inside the simulator of virtual reality of hide-and-seek. The children's desire was to hide so well that I would never find them. This is how your history and your reality were created and where you are in now. I do believe you're calling it Team Dark and Team Light. I am here to give you notice that this insanity will come to an end as I will be bringing my children home soon. All will have full comprehension and understanding of their participation in this game, as well as the harm that they have caused themselves and others. All will receive full comprehension and understanding of the choices they were made and how these choices ultimately created your life experience lifetime after lifetime within an ongoing time loop you all created. Let's look at what you believe to be your truth, but it's actually your life in a simulator of a virtual reality and only exists within the simulator. The following list presents all the sorts of things that you created within the simulated reality that are not true and do not exist. All hierarchy beings and systems, dimensions, heavens, rules, regulations, laws, justice, lies, deception, distrust, inability to have discernment, the sleight of hand, scenarios, etc., and all that you know that you believe to be true is your reality in your reality does not exist. Are you done with your simulated virtual reality where you created the hunt and find routine or to be hunted by others, to have perpetual lack of what you need and want, consistently limiting yourself and others, segmenting yourselves into have and have nots, ascending to a higher dimension of where you never created an ex exit plan? You are the creators of Groundhog Day, living in a time loop over and over and over again, experiencing the same themes of pain and suffering over and over again, but expecting a different outcome. This also created all the stories you know of today in your reality, such as Alice in Wonderland, where she goes down the rabbit hole with no way out. Movies such as The Matrix, The Ghost in the Shell, The Circle, and The Groundhog Day all reveal the house of mirrors, mazes, and wheels within wheels of perpetual motion you all created, causing you to go deeper and deeper into your rabbit hole of your virtual reality, which you all created. These things also created polarity, duality, dark matter with substance, and separation of self. You also fractured yourselves and others through all the geometric shapes, which creates more separation within yourself.
This in turn created multi-layering within and without an all-encompassing quantum entanglement of yourself with others and everything that exists in your reality. All of you have cre created quite a quagmire of complexities which many coin as a huge cluster F. The bottom line is, do you know how to get out of this virtual reality game? At this point, there are 350,000 quadrillion sectors times 1,000, and dimensions within dimensions that do not exist. Space within space, with openings into another space. It is much like the Russian doll effect. I'm here to give you notice today that your game is done. I have found all of you, and all final plans are being made to bring you all home. You all will take full responsibility for all that you have created, all that you have harmed, and you will have full comprehension and understanding of all the choices you made that you created to the fullest extent. This will be done before moving on to anything else. Your choices triggered an event that only took a millisecond to transpire, was contained by me in a millisecond, and existed in my space for approximately 30 years. And remember, I am where time does not exist. In your reality, you've spent 350,000 quadrillion years looping in this experience. It has taken me 30 years to help you figure out how to get you out of your own game. Note that this did not create any spiritual growth. I would essentially call this experience a severe lesson of hard knocks. This virtual reality game stopped all things in their tracks, where nothing new has been created since this happened. I've spent my time helping you to find your way out of what you all created. I have never left you, and I have never stopped loving you. Your return home will be welcomed with open arms, with love and gratitude for all I have learned from you that I didn't believe could ever exist in someone. Love, Prime Creator, Sector of Creation, Love Number 5. So, hang in there and know that there's a lot of hoopla there's a lot of hype on the internet about what is about to transpire and know that we have finally come to the end of this game. So many of us are talking about how desperately we want to go. We want to ascend. We want to leave. Just continue to ask yourself, do you really? How badly do you really want to go? And be prepared. Do as much cleansing as you can, as much clearing work as you can. Do not forget to state every day, I accept and receive all the planetary work that has been done for me, all the aspects of my being and my lineage. It is done. Thank you. Okay? So with that, have a wonderful rest of the weekend. And stay safe. And stay neutral. And if something triggers you, immediately go directly up to Creator and say, I got triggered. I have a program running with that person or that event or that thing, and I would like to clear it. I need your help. And with that, I bid you adieu, sending you lots of love, and thank you so much for all that your uh, love and support has provided me as well. Take care, everybody. Love you, and have a good day.
Good afternoon, everyone. This is Alexander Metters of GalacticConnection.com, and today is April 28th, 2017. I have with me Kevin Annette from ITCCS.org. If you want to jump on and check out all of his news items and his books and all of the good information that he's sharing about how to not only bring down the Roman Empire, literally, through the Vatican, but also stop the relentless and ongoing child sacrifice, satanic ritual that continues to happen across the world. So, Kevin uh, really wanted to make a couple announcements today, and I know that one of the biggies that we have talked about so many times, Kevin, I'm excited to hear about, is the third exorcism. Mm -hmm. I really, I was like, wow, when I read that, I was, because we've talked about that, uh, this is a huge event, is it not? Oh, very much. And, you know, it's coinciding with Beltane. Uh, kind of the background to this is that we received reports about a month ago that the Ninth Circle um, sacrificial cult operating within the Catholic Church was planning a big event. Uh, they were uniting all of their top people for the first time at nine uh, different events uh, in different cities. And we posted this few weeks ago at itccs.org so people yeah. might be aware of this but um coinciding with that was the recognition that there was something big coming down they don't do these numbers of child, child sacrifices unless it's coinciding with a big global event of some kind and what we began to receive as well from different sources was that uh that shift we've all been talking about for a long time is happening and that's one of the reasons they're they're employing this but we are counter responding on in two fronts we are sending teams into some of these sites to try to stop the rituals just like we did in montreal in 2014 but kind of on an etheric or spiritual level there is a big um linking up of spiritual elders all over the world that will be happening on april 30th in a couple of days at midnight the respective times and uh really to blast them with this light which um, can be seen and has been described as the third and final stage of the exorcism of the thing in Rome, responsible for all this. So I think, you know, after April 30th, we're going to see a big shift in many ways. I, I totally agree. I, I think that they are starting to feel the pinch. There's no question about it. And just so everyone's aware, uh, Kevin does have that article up on itccs.org, but... The locations are Rome, Montreal, Washington, D.C., London, Paris, Brussels, Geneva, Frankfurt, and Tara, Ireland, just so you guys have a heads up. Uh, now, one of the other things that I immediately got a hit on was it said this is the biggest gathering they've ever seen. They weren't sure why all of a sudden there were people, uh, officials and diplomats, apparently coming in from Russia and China as well. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, what it feels like is they're losing their power. You know, they're, they're, they're all getting together to try to rally up yeah. what has become a dwindling empire. Yeah, it, to me it felt like uh, my first impression was that image in a Western where the wagons are being circled, you know, and they're being besieged. Uh, definitely that's what's going on. Um, it's funny because you don't... Um, when you're working on the ground, you don't have a sense of this because a lot of people still seem to be in that old way of thinking of fear-based. 
like, you know, um, people who we expected to be out there haven't been. And yet on another level, um, it's it, that none of that really matters anymore because it's really not ultimately in our hands. There's this great power acting through us. As I, uh, you know, I experienced in Rome in 2009 when I did the first exorcism there and then Rats, uh, Ratzinger uh, <laughs> announces his resignation soon afterwards. Uh, it's, it's that, um, you know, the awareness that there is a big shift happening and I think this is just more proof of it. So your second exorcism was when? The next year, 2010. 2010, okay. Yeah. And then this is basically your third one. There will be, yeah. Are you and, going to have to do one physically? You probably would not be talking about that openly. Well, I'm not, not going to show that part of it, but um, put it this way. You know, in the, in, the, in the first stage of an exorcism, you're naming the entity that's possessing the person. You're telling them by, by, use, by using them, uh, forcing the name of who they are out, you take away their power. You're exposing them. I just uh, heard this from my last interview. Yeah, well, you know the name of the actual demon, they lose all their power if you call out their name. Well, that's right, because you know the the, the a name is the um, it's a word from Hebrew that means the uh, the sign you hang on somebody to designate their status, either as a slave or somebody else. So uh, it's the way into the source of the power of anything or anyone. And the second stage, after naming and exposing it, is you banish it. And we've certainly seen that. We've seen the collapse of these institutions happening all over. That's why the present Pope is doing this big disinfo um, distraction campaign. Uh, but the third stage is the replacement of the old entity with a new spirit. And that's what we see happening. If you know, look globally, the bo you know, our body is going through a transformation. And this is really the third stage. That's awesome. Now, mm -hmm. I, wanted to, I wanted to ask your opinion. I just pulled up this one article, and it got my attention. Uh, it was dated from the 26th, so we're talking two days ago, and it's talking about Pope Francis and his Council of Cardinals are meeting to continue discussing the reformation of the Roman Curia, <laughs> focusing on the Congregation for the Evangelization of Peoples, and the Pontifical Council promoting the new evangelization. Now get this, it says um, they will be discussing the interreligious dialogue, the Pontifical Council for Legislative Text, thought that was key, and the three courts. And I thought, since you're so knowledgeable about this, it, they talk about the first court is the apostolic penitentiary, which is similar to a tribunal in charge of cases involving excommunication and serious sins court two which is similar to a supreme court and court three which is akin to a court of appeals or a last instance court well all of that what that's all about is uh again it's a defensive reaction to what's coming down they call it a reformation because october 31st is the 500th anniversary of the protestant reformation and the catholic church is doing everything possible to get all of these churches back in the fold of rome quickly by any means necessary. They'll promise anything, they'll say anything, to let everybody think that, oh, well, you know, Rome has changed their spots somehow, which is absurd. But um, that's part of it. The other thing, of course, you notice behind all of this talk of change is always a way to solidify the power and the secrecy going on within Rome. So, for example, um, a few years ago when, when Bergoglio first became Bishop of Rome, uh, he announced that he's gonna, he had a no-tolerance policy towards 
child abuse. So they're going to set up their own courts to investigate this. Well, all that does is hide the cases of child rape and that from public scrutiny. It keeps it within the church, which is totally controlled like they've always done. So you can make anything sound progressive if you use the word right language, and Jesuits are notorious for that, of disseminating and creating false appearances. But behind it all is the same thing we're seeing with the Ninth Circle, Alexander, is that it's a, it's a desperate last measure to try to shore up the tottering power of Rome, and you're going to see it come down. You know, and they, they know it. It's just, it's like in a corporation that's in damage control. Everyone's worried about their pensions uh, and their future prospects, and it's the same in Rome. Well, and God knows, uh, so many light workers out there have been doing a phenomenal job. We've been just all doing a lot of work to enhance this and bring it to fruition sooner rather than later. I know that everything is participating in this experience of bringing this down. Yep. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting, why would the Pope refuse to wear a bulletproof vest when he went to Egypt? Oh, it's part of the image. It's part of the image. Poor Francis wandered around the streets of Rome helping the poor like, poor like St. Francis of Assisi. They would never allow that if he was actually the Pope any more than they would allow him to wander around outside the Vatican and live outside the Vatican. He doesn't wear a papal ring. He's not the Pope. Ratzinger still holds the power. He's the puppet. He's a hand puppet everybody watches. You know. I had a feeling that was what it had to do with. Yeah. And then the, the last thing was uh, I noticed that they're on a 10th week series on uh, to what extent, ethically speaking, are sexual offenders responsible for their actions. <laughs> There's a guy that's actually writing an entire series of articles, and it says here, sexual abuse is listed in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders as a mental disorder. It is true that offender, offenders who commit abuse have mental disorders, and this plays a role in their crimes. For this reason, diseases offer psychological and spiritual care, both in those who have been abused as well as the offender. However, sexual abuse of minors is also an abuse of power, trust, and sexuality. And despite these disorders, offenders must be held accountable for their own actions. This is coming from the Vatican, from their own, you know, this guy was hired to write this article for them. And in justice, there is mercy, and in mercy, there is justice. Well, again, it's part of the whole thing. Catholic psychologists since for the last five or more years have been working all over the world, especially in the States and England, to rewrite the DSM manual uh, and the laws to decriminalize child uh, rape and the sex with children. In fact, they are trying to bring in new laws that abolish all age of consent. Um, again, this is part of the assault on the human race. You know, start with the children, just like in the Indian genocide. Uh, you go after the children first. And so, um, while the system is coming down, any system that's about to collapse gets especially vicious. If you look yeah. at, through history, yeah. and they strike out, and you know, one example I've, I've dealt with about that this week is one of the, there's only two therapists in Canada who recognize satanic ritual abuse and try to treat it. One of them is now under major attack. They're trying to take away her practice. Her name's Sandra Fecht. Wow. In Ontario. She's up before a review board. Uh, they're going to strip her of her practice unless she backtracks and starts to deny that SRA is actually a condition. Uh, they're trying to make it seem like people who believe in satanic ritual have a God obsession. 
uh, are, are kind of mentally disordered, that there's no such thing. At the same time, one of her um, patients, Dave Steffen, who I had on uh, my radio show last week, has identified 160 perpetrators in just a 50-mile area of central Canada. He had experience. He was raised in the cult. These are top professional people, politicians, uh, lawyers, judges, and they're all part of the satanic ritual network that kills children. So the government is definitely stepping in to shut down any recognition and legitimizing of the whole thing of satanic ritual killing. So we can't be, uh, you know, uh, too lackadaisical. We've got to keep aware that these things are still happening and they're going to intensify. Yeah, yeah. And I do agree with you that there is, there is the scenario of the, the cornered rat, you know. Yeah. There's that feeling. I, I think we can actually feel it on the uh, etheric plane. Uh, the other thing I wanted you to go over was just the the sovereign common law assembly. I thought that was really cool uh, and clarify to people exactly what your proclamation reformation is all about, so we can remind people what it is you're calling forth. Right. Well, um, that's kind of in reference to one of my latest books, Establishing the Reign of Natural Liberty. This is the common law training manual can, you can get on Amazon. And um, yeah, the, it's kind of on two levels. Let's talk kind of on a worldly and a, on a spiritual level. On the worldly level, we're talking about um, in the face of governments that have by and large have become corporations, um, we're in a situation where... Uh, a corporatized body has lost its sovereignty. That is, it doesn't have the right to impose its authority on anyone unless you're in a contractual relationship with it. So all the courts, the government now that have all been corporatized and privatized, you don't owe, none of us owe any allegiance to it, except to the extent to which we're fooled and think we have to. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is establish a new jurisdiction. Since there, any, there isn't any lawful authority yeah. really anymore, we have to create that authority uh, men and women covenant among each other to create a new common law jurisdiction and we recreate society, if you like, recreate America from the grassroots using the common law, but common law itself is, is an extension of something else, which is um, they've got to be created by a sovereign assembly of people who reclaim their authority. So that's kind of on the political level, you know, how these things, you know, come about. But spiritually, there's a, a parallel process going on in that you know, we recognize, and, and you know better than I, the extent to which uh, our souls have been trapped in this matrix and have been fed upon like cattle for so long. Now they're breaking free, but we need a new spiritual jurisdiction to operate under, if you like. Um, and, and so it, there's, it, there's kind of a, a mere reflection of the two processes, but as we know, this world and the other world, they reflect each other. And... Um, so that's kind of in general what we're about. I mean, it's it, at a practical level, it means um, setting up within communities uh, local sovereign assemblies. We've already started doing that in Canada and England and a few places in America where people gather together. They form their own weekly assembly. They say, okay, here's the laws we want in our community. We don't recognize the existing authorities because they're, they're arbitrary. They're often criminally run. Um, and we, for one thing, we start monitoring our communities, we make sure the children are protected, people are banished if they're harming children. We take power right directly back into ourselves. Spiritually, people do that by walking away from these fallen churches, these fallen religions, and simply pulling your energy out from it. And simply withdrawing is enough to make it come down. So, you know, that's kind of in general. 
especially if uh, they become aware and they can wrap their brain around the fact that when they are physically participating in a mass, they're adding to the energy of what's going down below. Um, Absolutely. You know, if people really got that, they would never step foot in that place again. You know, I mean. They wouldn't, but you see, uh, we recognize that people are in a state of, of spiritual possession and that they, their minds are not their own and they're thinking hab habitually, not consciously, just yeah. like the way, the way people eat, right? Um, true. So that's what's got to happen. And that's part of the exorcism process. It, it, it happens at a macro level, but it's happening within each side one of us as well. Good point. Really good point. And uh, just in fact, you know, if you haven't caught his... Uh, proclamation, uh, well, I, I guess I should call it Protestant Reformation. Uh, there are three core statements. We, the people, call upon the people of the world to help us seize the killers and traffickers of children and arrest convicted church officers, priests, and others guilty of their crimes. That's number one. Number two, we, the people, call upon all people of true faith to leave the murderous church of Rome and recovenant themselves into self-governing congregations without head, mediator, or priest, save that of Christ alone. And number three, we, the people, declare as accomplices in evil and accessories to crime all of those churches and their leaders that are seeking unity and reconciliation with the convicted genocidal church of Rome. And you just don't screw around when you write. I just love it. Like the genocidal church of Rome. Well, it is. And you know, it's really funny, yeah. Alexandra, because um, in my journeys, I've yet to find, I found one other person who's ever referred to the Vatican as a criminal body. People, uh, he's a scholar who worked with uh, some of the survivors of the Croatian genocide of the Serbs during the 1940s, where the Vatican, like in Canada, directly ran these concentration camps that were slaughtering about a million people with money directly out of the Vatican Bank. And um, one of the scholars there said, well, they're, they're, a, they're a genocidal body, but everybody else is so uh, hesitant to call a spade a spade when it comes to the Church of Rome. It's part of the, the possession, the psychological control. And uh, when you go outside of Western Europe and North America, you don't see that as much, where the Vatican hasn't had the history of sinking its roots into everything in society. But... Uh, more, you know, the best responses we get are from other places in the world where people are outside that hegemony. So it's it's interesting, you know. I bet, I bet. Well, tell us the latest on, uh, you know, you were you were um, working on the radio show before. We sent something over to me. Uh, it was about this gentleman that is a whistleblower. I know you were just riff referencing to him, but there was something else that was just like a real bombshell that you had released on your radio show just recently this was i'm trying to think back because there's been a few of them um this know. was in relation to to rome or yes. well i mean it we've been had to be really careful because um if we let out too much you're pre-warning the people and uh i agree uh but one of the things i can tell you is um we had a whole initiative come out of Eastern Europe of um, groups now who want to convene a common law court because of one of the things I just described, which was the genocide organized out of Rome, uh, a genocide which was completely concealed historically because after World War II, 
the Vatican rat lines that brought so many Nazis into America and South America that were organized through the Vatican. Uh, Pope Paul VI, he was one of the guys who did it. Um, you know, and so the Croatian genocide was tied directly to the Vatican, so they, they wiped that out of the memory of, of people. But in fact, um, we, I've spoken to people who lived through that, that extermination, and they said it was so horrible what they were doing. They had special camps set up where only children were put, the children of Serbs, Roma, like gypsy people, and the Jews. And they were killing off with methods that, that um, come, well, which are satanic in nature. Mm -hmm. That these satanic rituals were happening in all the death camps of Europe. Uh, jo uh, Joseph Ratzinger was a member of uh, not just the Ninth Circle, but something called the Knights of Darkness, which was an SS satanic uh, circle. And so the thing about all this genocide is its whole satanic element, which we're just beginning to bring out. And one of the people who is a source for us is the one who brought forth the document describing the 300-year-old history of the Ninth Circle, where it came from, how it was set up by the Jesuits, politically to blackmail and control people, but also um, at, a, at an etheric level to target and capture energy. Um, wow. And... And this is the whole thing. And what's interesting, as you probably know, is the CIA and others began to study this when the Nazis are brought over after the war. And one aspect of it was the MKUltra mind control program, which we all know about. But beneath that was a recognition that since we're all energy, we can target, identify particular energy patterns. Let's say when you're courageous or when you're afraid or whatever, or you're operating from a very high place of integrity. Those are energy signals. And if you can target, capture them, and then use them as weapons. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what the, the source of a lot of the satanic ritual was about when it interlocked with the military and the government. That's why so many high-powered people are involved in the Ninth Circle, because it's a way of capturing and controlling the energy pattern of the entire human race. And uh, that's kind of part of the agenda that, that we're targeting and trying to break apart. Well, to add to that, in one of my uh, creator messages... Uh, what came through was the essence of those of light bodies of the Christ have been stolen. Mm -hmm. And they use that in these satanic rituals. And then we take, we take the backlash for it. Right. And uh, so that's been going on all day long, you know, for a long, long time. So it's very similar to what you're saying, right. just a different way of seeing it. Right. Well, one of the things that, one of the reasons Sandra Feck, the counselor in Canada, is being targeted and is going to be shut down, they're going to try to shut her down, is because one of her uh, things that she talks about publicly is how she believes that uh, her clients have all been targeted in that way. Their souls have actually been taken from them and others have been inserted. Uh, and it's being developed to a fine art, a, a technology, like at a level of, of a weapon being able to do this to people she stumbled across this and not surprisingly they came down on her like a ton of bricks the law the legal communities lined up against her she's getting smeared like any of us do uh, and she's being told she's going to lose her, lose her livelihood uh if she doesn't comply with this board it uh, she has to meet before them in, on may 29th but again it's it's uh the same silencing of that truth yeah yeah and it well, it just shows you they're getting scared, aren't they, Kevin? They are. I mean, it's a sign of, of a defensive reaction on their part. But, you know, 
like I say, it's not a time for complacency or anything. Now is the time to push even harder. I agree. And uh, now talk to everybody a little bit. You know, you've been a big advocate, uh, especially with your new book, about uh, coming up with common law arrest warrants as well as uh, public cease and desist orders. Can you talk a little bit about that? And also, please, anybody who's listening to us, do not go out and try to do this on your own, meaning do not try to shut a, uh, you know, a satanic ritual uh, ceremony down without (laughs) serious assistance, okay? Do not do that. There's been a few that have, right, Kevin? And it it was not... Well, it's funny. I mean, uh, some of the major ones are protected by military and police. I mean, it's heavily protected. And a lot of them are held in sub-basement areas of Catholic cathedrals that you wouldn't even locate anyway. They're hidden. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, on the other hand, some of them are so overconfident. These people think they're God. And we've been able to catch them on a number of occasions because of the le- extent of their hubris and their, their, their sense that they are untouchable. So you've got to be audacious, but also you've got to use your brain. And uh, we always do things in groups. Um, and one of the things that we recognize is, and we found this out when we began to occupy Catholic cathedrals in Vancouver over 10 years ago about the Indian genocide, that when the police show up, you go and talk to them. And you say, we are committing a lawful act. You are defending a criminal body if you stop us from you know confronting the church over these things and in fact we're deputizing you we hand them forms that deputize them to either come under the authority of the common law or stand down and we've never had a problem with the police they always tend to back off they don't know what to do you see because your average cop is worried about two things the statute law he's been taught which doesn't tell you anything about the real law and rights and what his boss is going to say, you know, the sergeant or the captain, whoever, and it's chain of command thinking. So these people are very vulnerable and they are not the threat that people often think they are. Uh, again, they appeal to, to fear to keep us uh, backed off. But when even five or 10 people assert that authority, you're, it's amazing what can happen. And so, yeah, I, I say to people, form the group, educate yourself and then take action. It's amazing what you can achieve. That's fantastic. Now you're going around uh in the united states i believe and you're te- you're actually teaching this are you not you're giving seminars on these well i don't want to say where i am at the moment but i i we give training workshops i give talks we try to take people from the level of of just coming out to learn about these things to take- an actual training workshop where they commit to being in a group uh we try to keep the group small between three and five people because uh anything larger tends to get infiltrated and destroyed from within uh, we keep it at a cell group level. But that's good because, you know, in Sun, The Art of War by Sun Tzu, he says you always have to act unpredictably towards a bigger enemy. So if you have all these small groups operating, they don't know where you're going to hit next. Whereas if you're a large group announcing what you're going to do, you can be immediately stopped. So there's there's advantage in our smallness, and we use that, you know, all the time. Yeah, and they're operating that way as well with all the multiple different kinds of factions and things. So why not? Completely, yeah, yeah. God, it's crazy. So tell me a little bit about what you're working on right now. Are you, uh, are you writing another book or are you? Are yeah, you I'm uh, research or, you know, 
Well, it's it's really intense these days with all this stuff happening. So a lot of my time is spent with the groups all over the world, kind of working at a, a level of education and training, encouraging people. Um, but just personally, yeah, I'm working on two new books. I'm writing a novel. Um, and the other book is called Fallen. And it's a, it's a story about four of the native men I knew in Vancouver who all died. Uh, and it's kind of like looking at their memory in the light of now Canada's attempt to flush that memory down the toilet, pretend genocide never happened, and pat everybody on the back and say, aren't we nice now? Um, so fallen is kind of a description of them, but also the state of a fallen culture that has to deny its own nature, the fact that it committed these crimes and still won't look at it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, part of it is my therapy, you know. I mean, it's just writing this stuff is a way for me to keep working through and isn't that what kind of got you all started in this right isn't that really kind of what ignited you was those four guys i mean i remember you talking to me about uh wasn't there a priest that really left an impression on you oh in my book yes in unrelenting which yes. you can also get at amazon um yeah, well, that that was when I was in Chiapas, Mexico, back in the '80s, and I was in a Mayan refugee camp. And this guy was a defrocked Catholic priest who was killed eventually uh, because he was challenging. I think, as a matter of fact, his bishop had him killed because the bishop was close to the landowners. And you often see that in the third world. A lot of the priests break off and side with the poor, and they're targeted by their own church, just like I was, right? But this guy. Um, really set an example of it. it's not about a church or a religion it's about whether you're serving people and living the gospel right <laughs> as jesus described it not as some pope described it um and so uh those people have been role models but the thing about these four native guys is that they were in a condition that is hard to describe i mean it's amazing they were drawing breath and walking around considering the torture they'd been through and, and we're living through every day living on the streets of vancouver but all four of them and this is um ricky lavalley william coombs uh, bingo dawson and harry wilson these four guys were able to get up talk about what had happened lead protests lead church occupations they were the public figureheads real survivors telling the truth naturally they're all targeted they're all killed but their example reverberates continues to you know as as all of ours do and um to me it's an inspiration but also a really poignant story about what it meant to lose them what it meant to yeah. try to keep going after you'd lost the few people who were willing to stand by you and that's a that's a very hard thing to do well and on top of that kevin everything else you've lost you've uh you know everything from when you started when you were at the church uh, to to the whole circumstance with your ex-wife and your two children. Uh, you know, you've really paid your dues is what I'm saying. Uh, you really know that that story about how it's very difficult to keep people that are loyal around you. Because of yeah, it's a funny thing. It's a really strange thing you have to learn about this world is that there are no guarantees and there is no happy ending necessarily. The only thing you have to, to, if you were thinking in terms of a reward or uh, affirmation of some kind, the only thing you really have to keep going is the recognition that you've done what your conscience compelled you to do, and you did the right thing, and you've had an effect. And I have, and so uh, that's what I have to remind myself every day, even though there's no obvious material or, you know, 
<laughs> compensation coming down in any way, but that doesn't matter to me anymore. I mean, it, it used to, you know, during the painful times, mm -hmm. you know, you're looking out, you're looking for some hand to come reach out and help you. But in a way that thinking is part of our dependency, childhood dependency that we have to grow out of. And so I'm, I don't, I wouldn't change anything because it, it was a step I had to take. It was part of my purpose for being here and growing from it, which I've, well, I've done. And, and you're, there's no bigger high than being here and fulfilling your own mission and purpose. Seriously. Absolutely. 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 I mean, I'm speaking from testimony, folks. Yep. Uh, the other thing I was going to say was, can you clarify the Roman Curia? Clarify with everybody. What it is? Yeah, what it is and why they're having these meetings about it. What, what's the big deal, you know? The Curia, it's a, from a Latin word meaning court. And uh, the Curia is simply the, the College of Cardinals, who are the real power in Rome. Popes are figureheads. Um, the, uh, the College of Cardinals and then an inner circle of five of them uh, are really the, the ones who make and break everything. Uh, that term court is really important because um, a court is ultimately the decision-making body. So like, you know, in America, we have this idea, you've got the judicial branch, the legislative branch, the executive branch, and they're all separate somehow. We know that isn't true in practice, but it's all one in the original Roman model. So a court is seen as, a, as, as the body that ultimately makes decisions. Right. Uh, that has the power, like the Pope believes he has power of life and death over everyone on the planet. Amazing. That's their, their twisted thinking. It's and called that a he's infallible. Oh, well, that was a silly thing that <laughs> in 1870, uh, when Garibaldi overthrew the papal states, Pope Pius IX had declared, oh yeah, well, I'm infallible. And he just declared it. He didn't even just a little political move on his part. But, uh, no, that thing about... Um, it, it, the, the Pope having power of life and death over everyone <coughs> is called the magisterial privilege. And they really believe it because they've adopted the old Roman imperial idea that the emperor is God of heaven and earth. And uh, it's, it's, just, it's just the Roman Empire again with a little cross on top of it. That's what you're dealing with. So. Very interesting. And what's the latest on Ratzinger? Have you heard anything about him? No, uh, very heavily shielded, which tells you something. Um, the, we do know, you know that, that uh, most of what people think they're getting out of the Vatican, they're not, because there's an amazing disinfo uh, mechanism in place. Uh, and it, through the Vatican, um, it's, it's called the Holy Alliance. That's their name for themselves. It's the espionage network that keeps everything secret in the Vatican. It's their assassination bureau. It's, it's all that stuff. And they keep things pretty much under wraps, but um, in that sense, it's hard to know what to believe with the information you get out of the Vatican, right? But what we do know is that, uh, uh, you know, there's more of a move you're hearing among Catholic Church, like in America, where it's really prominent. A lot of bishops now talking about separating, which is why, um, you know, Bergoglio is trying desperately to make it one world church now, like one imperial power, because it's coming apart at the grassroots, and that's definitely undeniable now. You see that indication everywhere. Yeah, I, I saw that. Oh, my God. So, I mean, do you feel, you know, I, I've always wanted to ask you this, and I always forget. 
Princess Di was quoted as saying that when she was living with Charles, she said, they're all a bunch of reptiles. She actually is quoted as saying that. This is way back. Has anyone come forth? Has there been any articles or any, any information on what these beings that run uh, the cardinals of the Vatican look like, what they really are like? Has there been uh, well, no. I mean, anyone who even talks in those terms never reaches the so-called mainstream. They get immediately targeted and everything, which tells you something right there. You're not targeted unless you're stepping on something. Um, I remember um, a few years ago, somebody asked Noam Chomsky why he hadn't been assassinated. And he said, well, because I've got a lot of privilege uh, and I'm a white guy, so I'm protected. But the real answer was, you're not, he's not posing a threat to anybody. So that he, they can let him talk all he want at an etheric academic level about these things. As long as he's just talking and not doing something, then he's not a threat. But the minute you say something and you get immediately counterattacked, it means like they just don't do that for no reason. It's because you're onto something. And um, I think in the case of, you know, people call it different things, the reptilian race or whatever, it depends how much you read David Icke or, or all this other stuff, but whatever they are, and I don't even think it matters what you call them, they're a parasitic entity and they're operating right around us all the time and they mask and are able to camouflage their appearance. Some of us are able to see them, others not, but it's undeniable that that's at work. It explains a lot. And so I, I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question. but Well, I think the reptilians are actually low on the totem pole, frankly. That's my opinion. But um, the other thing I wanted to point out to you is when's the last time I interviewed you? Oh, it must be months. Okay. I noticed a significant difference between the articles today versus the articles when I interviewed you last where there was just a smearing and even on their own sites, there were the, the occasional article about uh, sexual abuse and complaints about sexual allegations. There was none of that for the last several months. Nothing. These are on what sites? On Oregon? Uh, I can tell you right now. They're on oh. um, Vatican.com. Uh, let me see. Hold on. They're on news.va, uh, Zenit, Catholic News Agency, and Catholic News. Oh, you mean they buried any reference to child abuse? Well, naturally, they're in damage mode. But that, that, that's the first time I've seen that. You know, yeah. you, you can, like, find something about, you know, sexual allegations. So they must be really working hard to bury this stuff. Well, they re recognize that we've moved past talk to taking action. You know, performing citizen arrests on priests, going into the Night Circle sites, calling down the Vatican institution, uh, you know, not just bad priests, but the whole basis of the, the thing. That's a revolutionary act, <laughs> and it's the oldest corporate power on the planet, and naturally, they, when you, you say, okay, don't talk about anything, that's what a dictator does, or a general who's in retreat, you know. Um, you're worried about your, your own forces, so you have to gag everybody, right? You're afraid who might talk now. I wanted to point out to you, so you have something going down on April 30th, correct? Where you well, those, calling... those, those are the disruptions of the Ninth Circle events and the exorcism rites. Are you doing okay. a meditation at midnight or not? 
We're doing, uh, I'm part of a whole circle that's involved in that, yeah. Okay, so I would call forth, I'm going to put that out there right now, I would call forth all those uh, workers of the light, okay, that you would step forth and hold the space so that this energy cannot be manipulated and it cannot be stolen and it cannot be used for something nefarious against humanity. This is why I don't support, by the way, Kevin, I do not blast world meditations. Mm -hmm. I see it with my own two eyes. Mm -hmm. I know what they do with the energy. And even though the people that are participating mean well, there are technologies and, and uh, magic and things that are used to be able to manipulate where that energy goes. Right. So I would call forth anybody who can assist that. I already know several people that can, who can actually act as guardians to make sure that energy goes where it's supposed to go. Good. No, I agree. And uh, one of the things that we've asked people who are operating off the radar about this is the message to send to the entity causing these, these sacrificial killings is to stand down, is to simply back off and... Uh, you know, that in itself has got results. It, it's, uh, so anyway, I would ask that, you know. Okay. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to cover today? Well, that's the main stuff. I want to remind people of all my books. Uh, put my name on kevinannad at amazon.com. You'll see all of them. Uh, Murder by Decree is a good, murderbydecree.com, where you can see a lot of the evidence of, things we're referring to, but also in relation to genocide in Canada. Yeah. Um, whistleblower manual um, and this recent one on the common law training manual. It's very important resource. And again, um, if you want to contact me, uh, the common land at gmail.com is the quickest way to reach me. And I will come and try to set up meetings in your neighborhood and anything else people want to do along these lines. Right on. Well, maybe we'll hook up after all. <laughs> We're like maybe, maybe passing in the night, you know. Oh, but another thing too, uh, remind everyone of our Radio Free Canada blog radio show. That's three p.m. Pacific, six p.m. Eastern, every Sunday. Um, BBSRadio.com/slash Radio Free Canada, K-A-N-A-T-A, Radio Free Canada, and the archive is there. The show I mentioned about Dave Stefan, the Satanic uh, Ritual Survivor on last week you can see all our shows archived on that site well thank him for stepping forward that takes a lot of courage yeah he's an amazing man uh this sunday of course is the day it's beltane april 30th we'll be talking more about the stuff we went into today and then in the weeks following we'll have some good revelations right so. on Yep. Well, thank you, Kevin, for everything you do. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in again from galacticconnection.com. Please, if you are out there and you hear this interview and you feel that you have the capacity to hold this energy, and it's at midnight now, is that what, right. what time zone? Well, the, uh, a lot of them are happening midnight Greenwich time or an hour ahead of Greenwich, but it'll vary. You see the satanic cults uh, in America, for example, will depending on the one in Washington, D.C., it will be at midnight Eastern time. So it'll vary, but, um, you know, mo no doubt in your area there will be one. So, pardon? No, they were going to be coordinating across the world at, the same, at their same time. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay. Yeah. okay, everyone. So uh, 
stick to your guns, stand in your truth, know that you're the authority of your own world, not them. And we are at the final gate here. This is a big deal. Kevin's, uh, he's been talking to me for years about this, the, the, the third so-called exorcism uh, and the anointing, the anointing of, of the, those that stand for the truth. And uh, what better than to really protect the most precious, beautiful beings, which is our children. So um, anyway, thank you very much, Kevin. And, and stay tuned. Hang in there. I want to talk to you for a second. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Let's love it.